Hello, I'm Adult. And I'm Young. And this is Young Adult. Where we're reading through Mistborn, The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. Today we're covering chapter 22. Which is kind of fitting because it's just 2022 now. Mm, that's true. Happy New Year, everybody. Unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case... You uh, probably are, so... Please come back, save us! <laughs> In the room, all young and hip. So, our Lord Ruler snippet for for now, we can finally just call it that. Yay! <laughs> confidence. Um, uh, well, we almost get a double Lord Ruler snippet. Pretty much. Uh, but 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 the actual the actual little pre chapter snippet bit is talking about the deepness. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of repeating what we already knew, really, uh, that it, it's destroying the crops and stuff. Um, um, which does beg the question, I mean, did the Deepness just win? Because the description of what the Deepness would do... Yeah, I mean, I, I've brought this up before. That is what it sounds like, isn't it? But this is the most in-your-face, did yeah. the Deepness just win? Well, I suppose the one thing... Um, is it talk, He talks about how so much destruction has occurred that I fear for mankind's survival. And we 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 t- we t- get some more a little more repeated on the plants later in the chapter as well, like, look this bo- this was something that was bothering me throughout the first half of this book, the whole, well not the first half but a, a big chunk of the book, this well, whole business of the plants being all sort of dead and withered from chapter five onwards so, yeah pretty much, like, why why isn't everyone dead? <laughs> Like we don't know what the deepness is in the slightest, really. Uh, and if anything, we we get less certain in this chapter because the, our understanding of the magic of the world expands a bit, kind of. True. Um, I I just don't know. Like, why would the deep like clear, so clearly at this point in history, the deepness is killing the plants, and that is causing problems for the people, right? But now. The plants are dead looking, but they still do produce some food enough yeah, to live on. Seems like um, perhaps the old ruler just struck a deal with the deepness. Yeah, maybe he's like, "Hey, man, can you just not kill everybody and make me look good?" I suppose it's also possible that it was just that, like, the reduced crop yields were too low. You know, yeah. Like, even if though there was some food, yeah. Um, um, actually, okay, so that makes me wonder. I suppose maybe the deepness is like, like another universe or like another, like, set of laws of physics or something, like, moving into the world. Well, like, I, I have this vague idea, which, you know, I, I hear people talk about the Cosmere, right? And I don't know what that is, really. I know it's, it's I know it's I know it's some sort of meta setting that the setting is within. I think it's literally a, like a universe, like a Yeah, it's it's a universe or maybe a multiverse, like the I think it's like the Milky Way with like different fantasy settings within it in some sense. I think it's just different planets with their own thing going on. Mm. But so like we don't know anything about the Cosmere cosmology and where magic comes from, what yeah. what what the deal is. This is our first entry into the Cosmere. Yeah. Um, we we only sort of are vaguely aware that this is this book is considered a part of some greater Cosmere universe. So I'm thinking, you know, could the deepness be 
just this force of nature that's like coming into the into this universe or this planet and changing the rules a bit. Are you thinking that the deepness could be something that's interconnected throughout the cosmere? Maybe, or but even like okay, so maybe for example, this is just an example of, of but maybe like there are a bunch of these like bubbles of energy or something floating through space, right? And when one mm-hmm. of them intersects a planet, then it changes the laws of physics there. And maybe that gives that planet like a new magic system or in this case maybe it changes the way plants work so that they no longer produce as much food and they're different colors. You know, just just like random changes. Right. And then potentially at some point they'll just pass out of that like cloud of energy and and lose access to that magic system or things will go back to normal. So are you um, thinking that's why Alamancy exists? Maybe, yeah. That like we're in the period where the deepness has taken over. Yeah, exactly. Alamancy could be a part of the deepness in that way. Like it, it's a part of this like alien laws of physics that have taken over this world. Um on which theory the Lord Ruler probably just yeah, like lost or just couldn't do anything because it was not a problem that a person can fight and the prophecy was just nonsense. True. I mean, we've already discovered that the prophecy was made by an idiot, so Well, I don't I don't know Well not an idiot. I'd go that far, but a guy that the Lord Ruler wouldn't have thought would be the type to make a prophecy. Mm. You know, it's a desperate apocalyptic time. Whether or not, whether or not I'm, my absolutely wild speculation there is is exactly correct. You know, some sort of some sort of force is coming into the world that's changing how things work, and that's all it's doing. It's it's not embodied necessarily. Now, the Lord Ruler did talk about maybe thinking he was seeing some sort of shadow stalking him. So may, maybe it is like a, a a being, but. Maybe it's not. And even if it is, we don't know what its goals are. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that it was never trying to destroy the world so much as just reshape it. You know? Right. I don't know what kind of bizarre goals would make it want to create a world like this. Yeah. But, you know, maybe. It might not be something that wants, just something yeah. that does. So, you know, like if... If every plant in the world suddenly produces like 10% of the food that it used to, then, yeah, that's going to be a huge famine. And that's going to look pretty apocalyptic. And, you know, humanity's not going to die out, but, you know, for all we know, the population is a lot smaller than it used to be. True. Um, it does seem to be rather a small world. Yeah, and of course, we know from the, the like, blurb on the back of the book that, in some sense, this is a story about a world where the Dark Lord won. We don't know what that means. Yeah. Or but, he rules anyway. Yeah, well I think I think it's I think it specifically says what if the Dark Lord won? Uh or at the very least I've heard that used somewhere. Um by me, I think. So I I don't know if I mean I suppose if the deepness isn't literally a dark lord, then that would undermine that. But I don't know, like I suppose if we go by Lord of the Rings, you know, what are Sauron's goals, really? He wants to remake the world in some weird way. He wants to rule, but... Uh, yeah, there we go. It says it on the, the box that you have. Um, but, like, it's not really clear. Like, he doesn't... Like, Sauron in Lord of the Rings, he doesn't want to wipe out all life, right? No. 
he wants to maybe replace people with orcs. Something like that. Or something, but... Let the monsters roam free at any rate. Yeah, like he's... And his, his domain is like this sort of wasteland type place, but it's still got orcs living in it. It's not totally depopulated. Yeah. Um, and even some people are allied with him, although I don't totally know if, like, they were... You know, we don't we don't really know what his endgame was, I guess. Because... Um, but I could see someone like Brandon Sanderson reading Lord of the Rings and trying to come up with, like, an a game. version of Sauron that would be consistent and have an endgame in mind, you know? Yeah. And maybe this is the endgame. A world that's blighted and sort of... Bleak. Uh, yeah, and with, I suppose, maybe with with people that have been altered. We, uh, I'll, we get a... I'll, I'll come back to this later on, but, you know, the we've, we were talking last chapter about this idea that uh, that maybe the no... I mean, it seems like the nobility have definitely been altered to give them magic powers. Maybe. Unless that's somehow natural. Which, actually, in fairness, this chapter does provide some evidence that maybe it is natural. Mm-hmm. In that the terrorist men had a similar sort of thing going on. Um... But, you know, it's not inconceivable that the differences between the scan and nobility are not just the obvious result of their social system. I mean, it probably is just their social system, but... That's what I took it for. You know, it is conceivable that there are there is actually some difference. That, like, you know, for all we know, the Lord Ruler, like, literally created the Ska, you know? As just a like, slave race. Yeah. That would be wild. Like, this could be, this could be a whole series from the perspective of the Orcs. We just haven't realized it because, like, I mean, Ska even kind of sounds like the name of, like, an orcish race, doesn't it? You know? That you'd see in some fantasy setting. Yeah. Ah, the Dark Lord is coming with his armies of Ska. They're, ah, they're these creepy creatures. You know, what we can pathetic I mean, golem-like things. Yeah, I mean, they, they do seem to look human from what descriptions we've gotten. They've got hair, I guess. Yeah, they, um, they are... I mean, but, this you know, is they, because of generations. They could have beating, po- but That's true. They've been inter- they've been interbreeding with the nobles. Um, they could, alleg- allegedly, that's been making them seem more human. That's true, or at least more tall. Uh, <laughs> uh, or perhaps the nobles have just gotten shorter. Yeah, well, like some. There's been a, a sort of a, a convergence. Maybe the nobles were like gods once, and they just interbred with Sky, and like. Could be, could be, or okay. So the the there's this idea that the nobles are the descendants of the Lord Ruler's allies, right? Yeah. So maybe those are the only humans that survived, the humans that that turned on humanity and sided with the Dark Lord, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then and, and then and those few who yeah, and then they were did. they were given you know a bunch of of goblin slaves, and then over the centuries these goblins have gotten more human, but they're still kind of different a little bit. That would be a big twist. You got to admit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I mean like I I don't I don't want to go too wild on this because it's probably not true, but you know there's there's there are possibilities in a, in a weird magical world like this. Yeah, this um, is the story we've walked into so blind. That... Yeah. In fact, I, I we don't need to go exactly in order. So later on in this chapter, there's this much later, there's this bit where they're talking about um, a scab plantation. Yes. And they say that it's it was relatively mild because they only culled the elderly when the population got too high or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing that happens in real life. 
Nope. And especially not when you're like short on food and working backbreaking labor in the fields, you know? Like that sounds like Ska actually have like a very high rate of population growth. They do say that the average Ska family could have as much as 12 offspring. That's true. That's not too crazy by real-world standards, necessarily. I mean, I, I, suppose, well, I suppose as, as an average, that actually is pretty crazy. Yeah. Especially if they're only Especially counting, the like, survival. Well, yeah, but, I mean, this isn't the modern world, but... No, but... If you're only counting same. surviving children, that would be very high. Yes. Um, and it might also explain why the nobility are able to kill so many scab, because, again, the, this chapter talks a fair bit about that, and... As I was reading it, I was thinking, like, this is this is weird. Like, no, I mean, I don't want to say no society kills this many of their, like, underclass. But I can't really think of any offhand. Like, they're killing so many of these people. It seems crazy. But if they're, if this guy are just having a lot more kids than norm, than, like, we baseline humans do then maybe that explains how it's able to keep balanced. You know, yeah. I, mean, I I just, I, I can't, like, in real, in real life, a slave is a valuable piece of property, you know? Like, you don't kill them unless you have any other choice. That, just, not, not because you're a good person, but because it would be irrational to do so. You know? Yeah. You, you can't afford to throw away slaves or, or serfs or whatever kind of forced labor you have working under you <laughs> you just can't afford to throw people away like that in in any society really um but certainly not i mean well, actually to be fair in, in some modern industrial societies you can kind of get away with it but um at the i mean the closest would be things like the nazis right who were actually enslaving large populations and then deliberately killing them off but they were doing that as part of a program of extermination you know that wasn't sustainable long term and they they knew that um, like, I, I don't, I don't see how they could be killing this many people. Like, this is going to sound, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too hard on this in case I'm wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because it is, it is maybe possible, but it seems a bit of a stretch. You know, like, uh, they kill every time they sleep with a scab woman, which seems like it happens quite often, they're killed. Every time a scab gets above a certain age, they're killed. It's... They're, they're killed for every, like, minor petty offense that, that, that they're seen doing. We saw that, death, we saw, yeah. yeah, we saw that kid get killed. Have his we saw that kid have his throat slit for begging. We've, we've heard about people getting beat to death very casually, you know? Um... It just, it seems like there's so much death in this world. And... Overwhelming death? Yeah. More death than seems possible to, to, to continue for this long. Under our... Uh, I guess not our, I don't want to say our laws of physics, but our, you know, biology. <laughs> we just don't produce that many people uh, to be able to throw them away that casually. But maybe this guy do. Um, I'm not, I'll, I'll maybe, when I'm editing this, I'll maybe turn this into like a, a more defined list of predictions for the prediction list, but this, this, these are the lines that my thoughts are going on during this chapter. Um, 
So, which I guess we should actually start talking about. <laughs> yes, the chapter opens with Vin reading her copy of the Lord Ruler's logbook, mm. and it's one of the early ones that we got again, where he arrives in Terrace. It might actually have been the one from the first chapter. Um, uh, no, I think the one from the first chapter was the one about uh, people doubting he's a hero that we got last chapter. Wasn't that the prologue? Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. I, I was, uh, I was thinking of the prologue as the first chapter. Yeah, yeah. You're right. This might be the one from chapter one, um, which of course was Vin's first chapter. Yes. No. Well, she got like a half chapter, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking like, yeah. Kelsey's reading the one from his first appearance. This is maybe Vin reading the one from her first appearance. Yeah, I was thinking of chapter one still being Kelsier, but part of it was I think it was fifty fifty. Yeah, I think I think Vin came in uh, part way through. Yeah, so it's um, the Lord Ruler's talking about the landscape. Um, he's just arrived in Terrace. Um, and obviously the interesting part is uh, he talks about these Pac-Men uh, that we've, we've heard about before in these little snippets. Rashek and the leader of the Pac-Men, the Terrace Pac-Men, who are guiding them through the land. Hmm. Okay, so I, I just I just went back and looked it up, sorry, to, to, to interrupt. Uh, the, so the the chapter one snippet from what I'm seeing actually opens with, I consider myself to be a man of principle. Um, in the end, I'm the one with the armies, which is not at all the one Vin is reading. Yeah. No. Um, okay. So and chapter one actually opens from Vin's perspective as well. So we were wrong about that too. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but regardless, it is the one. one of the, snippets... the one Vin is reading is what opens chapter three actually. Right. So it is from one of the earlier chapters, just not the yeah. one. I thought it was. So, <laughs> okay. the interesting part of the logbook that she's reading is when the Lord Ruler talks about the Terrace Pac-Man. Yeah, pretty much. Because this is this is a little part that I had to reread multiple times to comprehend it in my brain. I was like, wait, what am I reading? Hmm. So, I got this immediately, but because I was sprawled on it. I mean, I, I've talked about this before, in a, in a way. Um, I misunderstood exactly what it was when I heard someone talk about it at some point. You knew how the metal mines worked and stuff? No, but I, I knew... I had this idea... If you remember, I, I've, I've talked about this on previous episodes. I had this idea in my head that the way Alamazzi worked was that they would store up, like, kinetic energy in p- pieces of metal that they wore. Yeah. Uh, which isn't exactly how this works, but it's, it, that's what I was thinking of. Right. This idea that they were storing up their strength in their metal jewelry and then expending it in bursts. Um... So I, I had I had indeed heard someone talk about the magic system in Mistborn, just not the one that we knew about, a different magic system in Mistborn. Uh, whereas I actually <laughs> vaguely knew how the magic system worked already. So yeah, because you and you knew about the the metal, the burning of metal. So um, it's it's a, it's a, almost a shame that we get so much information in this chapter because it doesn't give me a chance to make any predictions. Like yeah, at several points in this chapter, I highlighted a section going like oh this I, I think i figured something out and then like later in the chapter we just get told the thing i thought i figured out <laughs> so <laughs> like i made a bunch of correct predictions well, during this chapter but i can I, tell I, you i guess those don't really count my prediction about why spook gave vin the handkerchief came true but i'm not sure if that was <laughs> oh yeah that even that, even i mean that was pretty counts. obvious yeah yeah i mean it was kind of obvious what he was doing there um, I mean, to be honest, to be honest, maybe all of these things that I guess were obvious, but it made, it made, it made me feel simultaneously smart and a little annoyed at the fact that I wasn't going to get to register that prediction. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you have the quote 
exactly about the Pac-Men at night would almost fade away. Yeah, so, um, will I, will I read out that whole quote? Uh, just, yeah, just read out that, that line. Okay, so, somehow they can store up their strength for use on the next day. Before they sleep at night, they spend an hour lying in their bedrolls, during which time they grow very frail in appearance, almost as if they had aged by half a century. Yet when they wake up next morning, they become quite muscular. Apparently, their powers have something to do with the metal bracelets and earrings that they always wear. So, they're, it seems like what they're... This is kind of video gamey, in that it seems like what they're doing is they're literally reducing their level of strength, and like their musculature shrinks. Yes. And then when they channel strength from their stored up strength points, then their musculature expands to look like a person of that level of strength. Yes. Um, I mean, I take it that they are muscular people who then fade away to not use their strength. Yeah, but like, well, that, that's true. It's not 100% clear if when they gain more strength do they become more muscular, but definitely when, they, when they're losing strength, they're getting less muscular. Yes. So, like, yeah, I, I assume that their regular form is... Well, it, it's not 100% clear, but it sounds like their regular form is just as regular fit guys. And then, by, sto but by storing up an hour each day of, of being fit, that in short bursts they can become super fit. Yes. Um, hmm. Yeah, now, so at this point, this is all we know, but um, the fact that it's connected to the terrorist men, obviously, immediately had me going, oh, okay, so hang on a sec. Are they storing up, like, their, their ability to remember things? Something like that? Which they are. Kind of, yeah. I, I, I didn't quite guess exactly how it worked. I had I was thinking, like, it would be more like their ability to remember. The way Sazed describes it, it sounds more like they actually can store the memories themselves. Yeah, um, I think so. That's how I read it, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is this is quite the revelation. Yep. And the, re the revelations don't stop here. Um, so the next revelation is that Vin does not like reading. <laughs> yes, Vin ha Vin's Vin hates this whole experience. Apparently, she. I yeah. mean, she's she's not particularly practiced in reading. This is one of those chapters where Vin is the irritating teenager who's not that likable. I, I kind of did like this. Like, it's not... I didn't. I found it quite annoying. I did, it's not honest. relatable. You know, this isn't my experience, obviously. I enjoy all this stuff. But at the same time, it is fun to see an alternate perspective where Vin is complaining that the low ruler talks, gives too much ex exposition, basically. Yeah. She just, she just <laughs> says, he's for, he's... for a god, he's very whiny. <laughs> yeah, he keeps whining. He's full of boring notes about his travels. And uh, internal contemplations and lengthy moralistic ramblings. Which I'd like to read, but <laughs> not Vin, apparently. Um, she's interrupted, kind of, uh, she's already stopped reading, I think, by Spook. Who, ah, yes, Spook. I think his name is Lustyberg or something? I, I don't remember his name. It, and... It's in this chapter, right next to where he's introduced. Um, but, oh yes, Lustyburn. Lustyburn is, I think. Maybe how that's... That sounds very fancy. Lestiborn, maybe? I read it as Lestiborns. Um, because that sounds kind of... Yeah. So, cruel. as always, he speaks in gibberish. Uh, Which I have come to understand, actually. I was I was getting what he was saying. I, I, I definitely didn't get his first sentence, which is, Wazing with the docks to come and be without the stay. Uh, I mean, I guess... I immediately read that as, 
I've come with Doxin, with who's not been. I, I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have guessed Dox was Doxin. I mean, I guess I maybe would have if I if I put effort into it, but I don't put effort into it. It just it just makes sense. I just I just looked at it and went like, what what is this? God damn it! I don't want to listen to this character talk. It's not that confusing. Um, yeah. I mean, he he's a little easier in the he, he's not in the chapter very long but he, he I actually find it kind of funny puts in a bit of effort to talk slightly more normally I mean he talks exactly normal just we're, we're given the impression that he's struggling no he's not speaking exactly normal he says we needed to drop off some more weapons but it's still like a the that's weird but yeah it, it he, he, he can apparently talk close to uh, standard English, <laughs> whatever language they speak in this, I can't remember if they've said. We'll just we'll just call it English because we're reading it in English. Yeah, he can speak almost normal with a lot of strained effort. Um, but it's fine because he doesn't speak that confusingly anyway. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's a prediction: Spoo's gonna die. Why would you say this? Because he's the guy that Vin finds kind of annoying, but he's like really earnest. Oh no, he's gonna like save. He's her. gonna sacrifice himself in some way. Yeah. No, I like Spook. Or, or just, or just like tragically get killed. And she'll and be Vin's like, gonna realize how much she shut, ah, how much she sucked. Yeah. Towards also, him. I surely this is not fun to write either. Like, <laughs> I mean, that even, will be more confusing than even, reading it. Yeah. Even if it is fun to write, like. You couldn't keep this up over a. Lo- he couldn't. He can never be a main character because he is difficult to understand like i mean he's he could not. he could be but it would be very annoying and i don't think sanderson would do it and that's I, he's a good writer i don't think he would annoy his audience that badly it's um, not annoying me i i like rusty burns <laughs> i'm i'm reading him as a comedic character and i quite like him well, uh, i especially found he hands after delivering the information he wanted to he gives vin a handkerchief and just kind of runs away yeah. which is pretty funny and I mean, it's obviously like a romantic gesture, but she's just she's just confused. Yeah, she's not. Very I I smart. did find it funny that uh, Ben's response to him whipping something out of his shirt is to flare pewter, like she thinks he's about to stab her. Yeah, I mean, especially when it luster burns. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's probably rational, honestly. I mean, he's the most innocent person in this whole thing. Yeah, she doesn't know him that well. I mean, she spent a while with him, like around him anyway. You know, well, she <laughs> clearly she doesn't have much insight into him, though. She doesn't like him. Like she's actually kind of rude about him later. Hmm. I think it's in her mind, but it's. Uh, no, I did not like that. Um, she then goes on a little rant, or maybe maybe that comes a little bit later. But at any rate, she goes to Sazed because Doxin is in a meeting with Reno, and she can't interrupt because it would be unladylike. Yeah, so she she thinks to herself angrily about how they're excluding her because she's young and stuff, even though she's supposed to be a full member of the team. <laughs> Towards the end of the chapter, we we learn that's not true. Yeah, um, they just they just thought she was out, <laughs> or Dachshund did at any rate. Uh, Reno, it will probably never occur to in fairness to invite in, unless it seemed in character. Yeah, maybe. Um, but as she, as she points out, like. They do entertain guests. So. Yeah, but this is this is a meeting rather than a luncheon or whatever. Anyway, so she goes to Sazed uh, to talk about perhaps why Lesty Burns would have given her this handkerchief. Mm. 
and he confirms basically that yeah this giving a lady a handkerchief is a gesture of wanting to court her yeah so uh i've pulled out a line a little bit before that which is vin noticing that he's not wearing spectacles even though he did a while back yes this is so i, I guess this was foreshadowing i totally missed i i didn't remember sazed wearing spectacles i think i remember him having to put on spectacles one time after he recently after he's saved her mm, okay so this this that was a, a subtle piece of foreshadowing i mean i i assumed from this line that it, we were told this. I just didn't notice it. It was not foreshadowing. It was, it was too ver- subtle for me to remember. I mean, that's very subtle. Clearly. But it's... I mean, it's not that I don't remember that him having glasses. It's that I don't... I wouldn't have thought about... I wouldn't have noticed that he's not wearing mm-hmm. them anymore. Well, um... I would almost assume that once you've told me he's wearing glasses, I don't need to be told again. Yeah, well, the fact that she says no spectacles this time either, she probably actually has commented that he's not wearing his spectacles this time. We're just not that attentive. <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> I um, mean that doesn't. But, well, I mean this is a, this is a, this is a clever little thing because like you know it's that's not something that jumps out to you if you aren't paying attention. If you don't have any idea that this is a thing that might be possible, you know. Yeah, this is the type of thing that's gonna you're gonna notice on rereads and be like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. how this plays out. Um, they talk about everyone having to have copies of the logbook, um, to so as to decipher its secrets, perhaps. Yeah, so they, they um, want they want the whole crew kind of studying this and trying to figure out some angle. This distracted me a little bit by the fact that, I mean, I don't know, but I assume these copies are all handmade. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't think they have printing presses. And I, I mean, mean, even look, if they did, I doubt they would. I know it's only a logbook, so it's probably not like a million pages long, but that's a lot of rewriting. Hmm. Well, in principle, they could get some minion to to make the copies but I doubt they would because it would be Sazed probably well if nothing else that will be information leakage right like yeah it, it only would... only only the main core group are, are are reading these I have no doubt that Sazed sat through like a couple days of just writing out ten copies of what he mm. deciphered maybe, maybe he burned like ability to write with your left hand that he'd stored up and so just he... wrote out two copies at once even so <laughs> that's so much writing I really I got distracted by this and I was like, would all the copies just be hand copied by Sazed? Ah, oh, man, the poor guy. That's mm. now in fairness, he hasn't finished the translations. So he's probably I, they must all have partial copies. Yeah, but even so, they're probably all up to date. Like I imagine, mm. yeah, every, every day, every time he finishes a, a page, he must be copying out the page. Yeah, several or perhaps times. at the end of every day, he mm. copies out what he's written multiple times. Um, so then. What's really important about this scene is Sazed talking about how keepers work, because Vin kind of manipulates him into telling her. Uh, he asks, she asks about how keepers work, and Sazed goes, uh, "Master Kelsier isn't keen on you knowing or something." Uh, well, he he, does, he doesn't say Kelsier, but um, he just says this should be this should remain a secret because he doesn't want the keepers' secrets getting out. And yeah, which the is, Lord Ruler suspecting that there are still keepers active. I mean, he's only telling Vin, right? I mean, I don't feel like how this that, that I mean, just keeping it from her in general doesn't really well, make sense. Vin breaks him down immediately. She just she just makes the reasonable argument that like this is probably going to be information I'll need to interpret this. Yeah, and Vin's not going to leak it. Like, no, she's not. But I mean, I can understand that like he would just have a general principle that this is something I should not tell people unless absolutely necessary. Yeah. 
so we don't really need to talk about this now because we've kind of already talked about how keepers work which is that they have metal they can transfer stuff into the metal like a memory or an, a, a physical attribute yeah um like strength so a few things so first of all yeah this is called ferrukami um which it's... we're pronouncing wrong if i remember oh maybe yeah maybe it's like ferrukami or something but I, I read it i tried to read it as what i remembered i think it was like... ferrukami i don't know ferrukami yeah I, we probably are going to mangle this word for a while because it's just a word that has a lot of different possible pronunciations <laughs> yeah um but and yeah i mean i'm probably going to use wildly inconsistent pronunciations at different times in this podcast that's just uh that's just how professional we are <laughs> um yeah um so each alloy stores different attributes kind of like the way the metals work for alamancers they don't say if it's the same alloys um larger amounts i guess can store more they don't actually say that well he does talk about how he uses copper yeah well they say he says each piece of metal dependent upon size and alloy can store a certain physical quality so i actually read that as like the size determines how much it can store but that's not actually stated no it actually that that phrasing actually sounds like the opposite of that that like the size affects what's being stored in some way well Um, maybe the intensity or something I, I don't know. Yeah, so that's... We, we don't know all the details, but at the very least, we know the, the general idea. Yeah, they, they, they wear a piece of metal, they store attributes in them. Um, Interestingly enough, this was not the most interesting revelation, because we hadn't necessarily figured it out, but we speculated about metal mines and such before, and... Yeah, I mean, this this, this kind of collapses all our theories, really. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it, it's not such a big revelation that I went, oh, I just kind of went, oh, and moved on. Mm. Well, this does make it... The, the metal mind aspect is narrower than we thought, but yeah. it does have other aspects that are more uh, varied. I have to say, every time I say metal mind, I just get a, a flashing image oh, in my okay, head. Oh, okay, hang on a sec. So that's how Sazed found her on the rooftop. Because he used super eyesight. Yes. Right, like, no, but that, like, that was a specific thing that we were puzzling over. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, it wasn't just that he, you know, was, was, was make, turning all his attributes to Max for that fight. It was that he specifically needed to find Vin, who was, and he found her on, on the rooftop when nobody else could have seen her. Yes. Um, you know, through the mist. And then, presumably, uh, not burned, fla- no, not flared, used his strength as well to fight off the obligator. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, and maybe other things as well, but yeah. I stumbled so many times there trying not to use an alimantic specific I'm word. probably going to call this burning. Um, I mean, they're... I don't know what to call it. Well, they're, they're burning the stored attribute, not the metal. Yeah, but I'm I'm, pro- I'm probably still gonna call it burning because it's it's kind of the same thing. I'm tempted to call it flaring because they're more flaring that attribute. I mean they they can they had that already. Like he can still see. He's hmm. not turning himself blind, so he's more flaring that than I don't know. That that sounds better to me. Yeah, uh, they go off on a digression about uh, nobility wearing metal. Yeah, which was interesting, but not interesting yeah the only int- I, I mean honestly 
like they they go they talk a lot about how like oh it it seems weird that the nobility wear metal when it makes them vulnerable which doesn't really seem that weird to me to be honest um but they they do mention that actually a lot of them wear wood painted to look like metal which which is kind of hilarious yeah um um so one thing Saza talks about that I suppose we have to cover just because we're covering the whole chapter is how he specifically is, has an interest in remembering religions but that he doesn't know his own religion yes their religion the terrorist religion has been completely lost uh, um, and in fact he's he's gaining totally new insights into it now yeah this is the first document recovered that, that talks about it it sounds like I feel like I should have felt sadder reading this because Vin is all like oh I'm sorry and stuff but I was kind of like okay yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it, it felt like one of those things that should have hit me a little bit harder than it was. He I see what you mean. He lost his religion, and that's well, what he's so I mean, it's passionate not, about. It's not his religion, is it? Like it's it's his ancestors' religion, but um, it, it is his religion because he's part of that religion by being a keeper. He's a terrorist. You know? I I don't think he is. Like it's the keepers are are a, an order that was founded around the time that the terrorist religion was stamped out, or exactly. at, or or shortly after. So they're, they're a sep- they're a separate thing, really. So it's sad that he's lost. Um, his I mean, he he, thing. he identifies with it, but like it, it's, I mean, the most cynical way to to put this would be that it's no different from like a Norse guy who's like from Scandinavia and like really into like pag- you know neo pagan stuff, but has lost that connection with you know. There's not many details of the Norse religion preserved because. People stopped believing in it and didn't bother to write it down. Um, <laughs> that's that 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 that's a little dismissive, but you know, I mean, that, that isn't what happened here. But his people were systematically being exterminated. Yes, um, which is what I was going to get to. Which is they talk about that no one actually knows why the Lord Ruler hates the keepers and Terrasmen so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have what I'm thinking is that. I mean, they go on about Rashek so much. Rashek probably just betrayed the Lord Ruler. Probably. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, maybe I'm wondering more than that. This is... Yeah, I'm wondering if... And this is kind of wild for me to say, but... Like, maybe the terrorist religion involved worshipping the deepness. And Rashek is why the Lord Ruler lost... I don't think that could be possible because I think it, it sounds like the prophecies were saying that he would defeat the deepness and why would they rally around him at first? Well, maybe it's like a sub-religion or something. But, I, I mean, Rashek is a suspicious character for a reason. If anything, I would think it's maybe the opposite that it be, once it became clear that the Lord Ruler was actually going to end up siding with the deepness or something like that, then they turned on him. You know, like I can't see him hating them, have such a passionate hatred for them, for that. Well, like, the thing even is, he would have to see that that would be reasonable. Well, the thing is, it doesn't. That's not necessarily a, a matter of passion. If they were one of the biggest forces fighting him, then he would probably just see it as rational to to squish them. You know, and and bear in mind also that they. It sounds like they're the only form of magic known in the world. You know. At the, at the very least, the Lord Ruler seems kind of baffled by this magic that they have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like... And it, from what we've heard, it sounds like Alamadzi hadn't come into existence at that point. 
yeah. we, don't, we don't know that for certain, but that's that's certainly the impression we've been given. So, you know, that's what people believe anyway. Um, so assuming that's true, then, like, the only challenge to the Lord Ruler would have... If, like, if he had his powers, right? Yeah. Then the only people who had any chance of standing against him in a fight would be these Farukamists, right? I guess. Because they're the only ones with magic. Presumably. Now, that might not be actually true, because um, one thing that this chapter... One of the things that uh, Sazed mentions that they don't know is where did the prophecies come from? Like, assuming that the prophecies were accurate, which we are because prophecies in fantasy are always accurate. Well, not always. But... <laughs> um, you know, he, he says, where did these terrorist prophets come from and how did they predict the future? So, that's kind of... That's not something that Farukami could do. Um, it is kind of something that Alamazi could do. Kind of, but not quite. Yeah, well, we, we talked about the idea of maybe if you had multiple people burning Adium, yeah, you could pass that. messages further back. So maybe they could do it that way. Um, it does seem... Maybe for Kemi is kind of just a lost aspect of Alamancy. Could be, but I was thinking more along the lines of that there just happened to be Adium burners also operating in Terrace. Uh... For some reason, you know, maybe there used to be like a hundred different types of magic, which related to metal in different ways, and the only ones that have survived are Alamadzi, because they sided with the Lord Ruler over the prophecies, and uh, Farukami because they have hidden, and you know, maybe some other ones which are also in hiding, but the Lord Ruler used his Alamadzi or allies to wipe everybody else out. Right. Um. I don't know. That, that's just speculation, but it's, it's it's the only it's the only form of future sight that we've seen in the story. Um, and certainly, it doesn't sound like that's something that Farukami could do, right? I guess not. Like, unless you can store up like insight or something, you know, or like intelligence maybe, and then like in one burst you become the smartest man in the world, and you can plan things out a million years in advance. And then, I don't know, your head explodes. <laughs> that seems like it would be too powerful to exist, but maybe that's why the Lord Ruler wiped him out, because they were too powerful to exist. Well, if they were too powerful to exist, they possibly could they, have lost to him. That does seem unlikely, yeah. But then again, we don't, know, we don't really know how powerful the Lord Ruler is. I mean, he's described as godlike, so... Yeah, I mean, the only... Well, I mean, he's actually described as just a god, so... Yeah, well, but the only, like actual display of power we've heard of is the fact that he's survived incredible injuries As and in regenerated very being fast. A skeleton, Sounds yes. like yeah. Um and I think did they talk about someone trying to cut his head off or something? I don't remember. All I remember is the where he walked out of a burning building and he was just a skeleton. Yeah. So like I guess it it sounds like he can he can take damage but it just doesn't slow him down enough. <laughs> um, or at all really. Yeah. Uh, and presumably he can heal from that very quickly, I guess. I, I can't recall if they actually specified that. I don't know. I might have to go back and reread those bits. But regardless, my point is that presumably he has other abilities, right? Yeah. Um, whether these they're like super versions of Alamazi, like maybe, which I, I think is likely, like that was him like super burning pewter somehow. You know, like pewter enhanced by the 11th medal or something. Perhaps. Well, not the 11th medal. That's the one that could 
kill him. Yeah, but well, I, I think it's pretty. Pl- we, we we speculated that the eleventh medal is also the secret to his power. I that, guess that may not be true, but that's that's possible. Um, um, oh, I suppose actually, if that is what the eleventh medal does, or if the if there is some other like the well of ascension, maybe if that multiplies Alamancy, I guess maybe the prophets were just becoming these like super Alamancers and then burning Adium to see further into the future. Yeah, actually, which. If that's true, uh, that's a big problem because Lord Ruler could probably do it. True. Um, uh, so the last thing they talk about is, if I remember correctly, the fact that uh, some of these people have families. Oh yes, yes. Uh, such as Ham is married, Eden is also married, Breezes. I mean, I don't think anyone thought Breezes was married. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, and that Doxin perhaps has pain in his past, which is mm. what we spent kind of the rest of the chapter talking about. Earlier. Yeah, so Doxin isn't married because he was traumatized as a plantation ska. It was funny, I'd never thought of them as a plantation ska. Neither had Vin. Uh, honestly, I just forget I forget he's the ska all the time. I mean, Doxin, Doxin hadn't really gotten much character development up to this point. He's or, just this guy. Yeah, he's just he's just the planning guy, which is kind of what Finn says, honestly. Mm. But uh, actually, I think before that, we get that that small part about Lester Burns, and Vin's, yeah, they they talk about the whole Vin's, thing, and Vin's like, "Oh, I just thought he was staring at me because he's creepy." Yeah, what does she call him? A eunuch? No, she calls Sazed a eunuch. Oh no, right? Yeah, sorry, I was. Yeah, no, that I I, I, I remember her saying something. <laughs> that, and I was that threw me for a moment as well, actually. <laughs> it, I keep I, honestly, I'd forgotten Sazed was a eunuch until she said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sazed basically says like you know. Maybe you should be grateful that. You could potentially be with anybody, and she's like, "Oh, hmm, I guess that's not really something Sazed could do, huh?" <laughs> yeah. I felt a lot worse. Which, I, which I'm not actually sure was what he was getting at, but it's how Vin reads it. I just I don't like Vin in this scene. I don't know. <laughs> she's a, she's a, she's a, a bit a bit mean about poor Lester Burns. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, there's no need to be so harsh. <laughs> well, about she the guy. she also freaks out about the fact that he's uh, one or two years younger than her. Wow. Which I can see why that might offend you, <laughs> young, but. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's just this guy, you know, like, Lester Burns, I don't hate him. Well, you do. I, I no, you, I, you I don't enjoy, of... I don't enjoy reading about him because his accent makes it difficult, but, it's not difficult. I mean, I, I say accent, like, it's more than an accent, he's, it's a dialect. Yeah, it's a very weird dialect. Um, this is less difficult for me to read than reading the Yorkshire dialect. In the, the, secret, the Secret Garden. Oh. That was absolutely really difficult at some mm-hmm. point. Well, yeah, I think I think we can draw a distinction between accents and dialects, right? Because I guess I find it easier to read things where things are spelled sort of phonetically, you know? Like, that's just helping you to hear in your head what they sound like. But what they sound like is still intelligible. Whereas... He's actually using totally non-standard words and even grammar. Yeah. In a way that I, I, I just find more confusing, I guess. 
like I said, I don't really have much problem with that. It's not it's not that he's younger than her. I mean, I get that she's not gonna want to date Lester Burns. It's just the general like harshness in which she does it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad that she didn't realize what he was doing when he did it because she might have like actually just thrown it back at him or something. I get yeah. I don't I don't I don't really like she she could have been nicer about it, but in fairness, she's not talking to him here. She's talking to someone else, which might be worse. Well, I mean, it's not like Sazed's going to gossip about it or anything. I, you no, know, but they're, I at least I like that Sazed's quite a judgmental person, and he'll probably be like, "Ugh, she sucks." <laughs> well, he he is like she sucks to her. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I like Sazed, but he's just one would think, Mistress, that you would appreciate the opportunities that you have. Not everyone is so fortunate. Yeah, go Sazed. I'm on his team. Um, anyway, so then she realizes that she doesn't know anything about anyone at all. Which is, no wonder she feels lonely sometimes. She makes, like, almost a point not to talk to any- anybody, like... Yeah. And then she complains when she's left out. It's like, you didn't even know that Sazed was a plantation scout. Dachshund, but yeah. Or, yeah, sorry. I got confused there. Um, you didn't even know Dachshund was a plantation scout. You know, she never even thought that anyone were, one of them were married. I mean, in fairness, you know, why would you assume they're married? They're busy. <laughs> they're, like, they're they're away from their families at, for months at a time, apparently, so, you know. Yeah, but... You might so, naturally assume from their actions that they don't have a family. Yeah, but it's clear that she's never talked to them at all, like, basically. <laughs> yeah, I wonder much. if she ever talks to them apart from the times when she talks to them, like, on screen. That's true. It doesn't seem like she does. I mean, like, well, I, I'm sure she does interact with them but probably in the same ways that we see which is yeah. mostly business which is uh, she's just too secluded sometimes and it's frustrating anyway she decides oh I'm gonna go talk to Dachshund and bring up the fact that he was a plantation scat on which that he might have been traumatized because yeah, that so seems like the type of things I do she just sort of walks up to him and says hey you were a plantation scat right what was that like <laughs> pretty much and he's like very unemotional about it luckily because this could have been a bad thing. Yeah, well, for some I mean, people. this isn't this isn't too bad. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's a reasonable question to ask. Especially, I feel like because she's so she much younger, people, I, I maybe am more forgiving of it. She knows people get traumatized on plantations, and she 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 obviously knows he's run away, and so bringing it up in such an abrupt way as someone who's not close to him was ah uh, not not cool really. Hmm. Um, Luckily, so, like I said, Dachshund's completely unemotional as a person. So, <laughs> yeah, he's he's for a while well, anyway. Yeah, he's mostly he gets pretty he gets kind he of gets more a bit passionate. heated at the end. Yeah, so totally um, rightfully. I course. guess we're just gonna kind of you know he, he talks at length about this, so we'll we'll just hit on a few points. We'll just summarize. Um, um, so this this is just a, a throwaway thing he says, but he says we were worked as hard as any mill worker, perhaps more. Um, are mill workers like? particularly hard worked that that just stood out to me as like kind of a more industrial sort of like when i hear like a mill worker working hard that makes me think of like like a factory you know yeah i mean factory conditions in the industrial period were horrible mm. so that could be quite a reasonable comparison. yeah whereas whereas like if i hear mill worker in a medieval setting such as this I think of um, people who work yeah i think mill. i think of people who are literally working in like a windmill which doesn't seem 
particularly harsh? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could apply the same standards of people who worked in a factory, I suppose, to that. But I don't know. Yeah, plus, like, not that many people are going to work in a windmill, right? Doesn't seem like that would be, like, yeah. a go-to thing. I I mean, this this so, setting is... This setting isn't 100% medieval. Yeah, um, it's it's honestly closer to industrial at yeah. times. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm calling out here. Like, this is... This is leaning towards the more sort of Victorian vibe here, as yeah. is the whole plantation thing generally, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um, his kind of like what Sazed thought, I suppose, is Doxon's wife was killed. Or not not even, he wasn't married, but his person who probably would have been with wife, his, I guess. His girlfriend, yeah. Um, which sounds a little dismissive, I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, they were... It was like his, his, you know, his... Well, it was the most romantic relationship yeah, it was, on the it was plantation. A huge, yeah, it was a huge, passionate romance. Uh, yeah, as you say, was was like... One that inspired hope yeah. in the other plan, plantation workers. Um, um, and, yeah, the Lord there took her uh, to sleep with that night, and then, obviously, she was dead by morning. Yep. And he was like, okay, forget this, I'm gone. And he just He's understandable. Yeah, he talks about how, you know, he, he didn't have any idea that there was a better life to be found outside the plantation. He just felt he had to get away. Couldn't be at that plantation anyway. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I guess he had the ability to leave at night because he no longer feared the mists. Mm, yeah, which because is, he'd been sneaking out to see her. Which is, uh, actually, that was that was pretty... A nice touch, I thought. Um, yeah, and then the rest of this conversation is about how horrible the noblemen are. Yeah, so... And it was um, kind of difficult one to read. I, so, I, I mean, we've already talked a bit about the whole thing that the noblemen are constantly killing Ska. But this is more specific. Yeah, um, so... Um, here's, here's, a quote, here's an interesting quote. Technically, the Lord Ruler owns the Ska, but the noblemen rent them and are allowed to kill as many as they want. Do they pay a fee when they kill? Yeah, them? so that I kind of that's how that, I read that. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Like there's, there's, I, that's, I there's two weird this. things here. Yeah, first of all, you're not allowed to kill something you're renting, right? Like, I mean, I guess we don't really rent animals much either, but like, you're not allowed to break something you're renting. <laughs> and if you do, like I said, you I guess to yeah, you, you got to pay a fee, I suppose. And I, I, I kind of assume, I, if they had to pay a fee, then they must be paying quite a large fee. Well, one would assume, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're not paying a fee at all. Or maybe they maybe they just pay a small fee. That that would make yeah. sense. The ska aren't worth much in this um, world, as we know. Also, just the fact that the Lord Ruler owns the ska. Um, That's another. It's interesting. It's a little bit different. I, I feel like in like your traditional feudal society, the, the the ruler owns the land and lends it out to the the nobles, who then yeah. lend it out to the the peasants. But the actual peasants aren't owned as, as such well traditionally yeah, unless these are unless lower than peasants even lower than serfs really kind of yeah I'm, well I, at I, least I, I would treated. say that they pretty much are serfs like they're uh, sir, no serfs often were bound to a particular area of land oh I, I know um, how but, I know I, I actually drew the connection to serfs yeah when he talked about how you know leaving worked but serfs were not this the, they certainly weren't killed as often uh, <laughs> the, but I mean as I said neither even really were slaves yeah. Um, These, I mean, the I, I, at least I don't think so. You know, it's. I, I said, we don't. We don't. We don't have. We don't have any hard numbers or anything. But yeah, that's certainly the vibe I'm getting. Um, 
and of course, uh, now I'm thinking this actually kind of fits with what I was saying earlier about them being orcs, right? Like that's they're just owned <laughs> by the Lord Ruler. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, then they touch on a topic that I'd kind of forgotten about because it hasn't been mentioned really, maybe since the prologue. I don't know. Which is, you know, the systematic rape. Yeah, I mean, it's been brought up a couple of times, but not in this much. Yeah, we we get we get a fair. Well, I mean, it's a, it's not too graphic, but we get more detail here. Um, they talk about how most brothels just kill prostitutes every so often um, to keep the to keep the inquisitors from going after them. Um, and it's although some some of them it says do, do use low very low tier nobility um there's there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that he he, t- he basically says that like every he, he claims at least that every noble does this yeah and he also mentions you know that which like so the, like the, I, I the mean, nobles I'll... wives don't even consider it cheating when yeah. a lord sleeps with a scar now to be honest that kind of does sound like slavery like american slavery um or not even just american slavery like you know ro- the Ro- romans would kind of kind of do some of this stuff as well i mean they weren't killing them afterwards but um in terms but in in terms of constantly raping slaves that 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 was very much a thing it's just so it's it seems like they're maybe a bit more open about it though like you know on paper especially in i mean i suppose the romans maybe were kind of open about it actually um I was I'm think I was thinking more of like the in in America they were it w- it was very much a thing but it was kind of shameful, you know? Like it wasn't something that was talked about much. It was something that you would like bring up if you were trying to like make fun of how hypocritical people were, you know? You guys are all ragging on the slaves, but half of them are your kids type of thing. I mean, it's it's messed up, but I suppose that that is pretty realistic. I mean, Look, the statement that every single male noble is doing this, obviously that's not literally true, you know? No statement that's got, that says every single X is doing something is going to be true. But, but it does seem like most. It's, yeah, it probably is most. Um, I mean, I think that's just realistic, Which, honestly. Now, the weird part is where Vin tries to defend the nobles, saying, oh, most of them don't do this. They're all such, you know, some of them are such lovely people. Or kind of thing. Yeah, Vin gives a much more spirited defense of the nobles than I would have expected. I mean, not very concrete, but... <laughs> uh, like, this is another reason why I wasn't much like liking Vin in this chapter. Yeah, now, in fairness, Doxin, uh Doxin says, uh, I don't think that Kel will be happy until they're all dead. They can't be redeemed. Like, he, he says he doesn't think that they'll, they'll have to kill all of them, but, like... This is bringing up that reign of terror thing I was talking about a few chapters back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's tricky. Like, you can't sympathize with the nobles. I don't sympathize with them, but that doesn't mean they should all be killed. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> like, it doesn't. But um, <sighs> you know, people people do terrible things that seem normal in their society. That's. That's just how people are, you know. I guess I don't like I don't I don't want to say to 
slave owners were not bad people because obviously what they, they were doing were. was bad and the fact that they were accepting it was actively making them worse people you know but at the same time i mean would it have been a good idea to go in and kill literally every single slave owner probably not um i mean the actual uh <laughs> admittedly they could have maybe done with trying a little harder at, at reforming the American South after the Civil War, but certainly wholesale slaughter was probably not the solution. You know, I mean, our nobles, at the end of the day, it, it wasn't quite as bad, but, you know, we, we did away with them in a relatively peaceful fashion. It took t- 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 a while, admittedly, so maybe, maybe that's not the greatest model for these guys to be following, but, you know, a, a slow transition to democracy is possible. Um, not that, as I've said, it seems like these people have any concept of democracy that we've heard of so far. Yeah, um, so that's the end of the chapter, anyway. Um, the, the very final line is, they can't all be like that. They're so beautiful, so distinguished. Elend has never taken and murdered a scow woman, has he? With- Probably. I don't like Elend. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know, like, I, I would, I would, my guess would be that Elend thinks it's bad, but probably has done it. That would be my guess. Yeah. Like, you know, a person can simultaneously believe that a thing is bad, but still recognize that it's accepted in their society and not emotionally kick up a huge fuss about it, you know? Uh, so I, I would guess that's probably the position that Elend is. He's like a, a scav vegetarian, as it were. You know, he doesn't eat them, but he has eaten them in the past, and he's not too shocked when his friends do. That's a really terrible analogy. Is it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can't... You really, you, about really, you really sound like you're downplaying what, he, what it is. I mean, eating people is pretty bad. It's not... It's not really what you're drawing it to. <laughs> uh, okay, like, I mean... I guess, the, again, the, the, the other obvious parallel would be to abolition of... terms of slavery you know but that's kind of hard to really go into because we're more removed from it um you know like i mean there were in general most people who were opposed to slavery back when there was slavery i'm I'm talking about american slavery here um or you know but i mean this applies to, to slavery in any society really you know most people who oppose it aren't out there like violently freeing slaves some of them were but most of them weren't it was something that reasonable people could disagree on. Um, honestly, I may end up cutting a lot of this stuff. I'm kind of rambling about this point. Okay, so uh, favorites and least favorites, I guess? Yeah, so what was your uh, least favorite? Um, hmm. I guess Vin's defense of the nobility here, honestly. Is disgusting. I mean, it's not. it doesn't cast a great light on her, but I, I don't necessarily hate it because of that, you know? A protagonist can be wrong about things but it's just kind of lame you know like <laughs> it's, she's, it's it, like it, oh some of them seems are nice like, people they don't know what's going on i mean she literally says they're so beautiful so distinguished like wow geez, that's you know it, i mean part of that may just be that sanderson didn't want to like put effort into defending absolute monsters because he couldn't yeah <laughs> um but 
yeah, it, this really makes it makes Vin look bad, but it, it's just kind of disappointing. Yeah. What would you say your least favorite is? Just Vin in this chapter. I didn't like her. I've already said it. Mm. There was just a couple of things that just made me go like, nope, not not feeling Vin this, this time. Yeah. Now, in fairness, you know, we've been getting this sort of arc of Vin becoming more noble. Yeah. Um, and this, up to this point, it's been kind of framed as a good thing, that she's getting better at playing her role and stuff. I can't lie, I was, I was already feeling not liking Vin by the time she disregarded reading, because, <laughs> I mean, I love reading, <laughs> so it's already not vibing with me, but then there was the, the kind of backhanded, you know, you know, disrespect. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk so. much about the reading thing. I did find it somewhat sympathetic. You know, she's she's struggling with reading. She has. She yeah, no, I mean, much... she, she's she's actually learning to read, really. Yeah, I, I think I think she I think she kind of knew how to read, but like you know, she's she's sounding out the words out loud. Except, you know, yeah, I mean, she's, so she's, she's still kind of learning very to much, read. So yeah, um, not, um, the way she just like immediately like just know, you know, aren't you're crazy? You know, that boy's crazy or whatever. I don't know. It was a little harsh. Yeah, yeah, and she's I a bit harsh towards me. Uh, obviously, the you can't, can't really blame her for forgetting he was a eunuch, but mm, it was kind of like, oh, why would you? It was kind of like a face pad moment. Mm. And yeah, that defense of the nobles. Yeah, I will say, if it wasn't for the wild theories that I've started spitting about Scab being goblins, um, I probably would have said that the extended discussion of how Scar constantly murdered for no reason thing because I get like this maybe we, we, we've had this before with the plants you know where something seems weird and then it turns out that it's actually Sanderson masterfully or well maybe not masterfully but he's at the very least intentionally making something weird so that he can later reveal the explanation yeah um but it is at the same time up until that reveal it seems like it's being weird and dumb, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it is hard to tell. Like, if if there isn't some explanation for this, then I don't like it. What was your favorite um, part of this chapter? So, I guess it's the Farukami. I mean, you know, it is just exposition. Um I like exposition. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool magic system. Hey, look, I have to say, having read at least part of Lord of the Rings, every time someone says exposition, I think of the, like, 10, 20 pages at the beginning of Lord of the Rings that's literally just exposition. Yeah. It's like... But, you know, and most exposition, I don't feel... You know... And I, I think what I like most about this is the possibilities. You know, it, it does immediately get me thinking like oh this there's so many interesting angles you could take this um which because this is brandon sanderson presumably he has thought about a bunch of crazy ways he can he can do stuff with this um what would you say your favorite is um my favorites might have actually i kind of liked spook just showing up <laughs> Uh, I I like the fact that I can read it and you can't. Oh yeah, I forgot to say that I hated his thing the most. Maybe that was a better example. <laughs> no, but like, the f I I did enjoy the fact that I can I have no problem reading it and you struggle with it. I mean, I find that kind of funny. Like, 
I don't want to oversell how much I'm struggling with this, but it's going to be quite a lot. Um, but well, then you reminded me that he's probably going to die, so kind of ruined that. I mean, he's he's almost certainly going to die. Yeah. So I might I might go to actually Doxon, uh, getting a little bit of fleshed out him was good. Uh, That's true. It was nice to get some backstory for Doxon. Yeah, and so, not just backstory, but characterization. Yeah, so that was good. Um, it was kind of funny the fact that he's. I'm reading this and it feels very passionate what he's saying, and then it's like it's funny he's saying this in such a like, like, almost like monotone or whatever. It's the mm. vibe I get that he's actually delivering it in. By the way, am, am I? Was Finn's mother a prostitute or a mistress for a nobleman? Uh, mistress. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I was thinking, I've been thinking that she was a prostitute, and I was thinking it was weird that she didn't bring that up when she was saying, like, yeah, Daxon, I know what a brothel is. Yeah, this, no, she this was... This impacted my life. <laughs> if you remember, she was a mistress um, who got by pretty well, I think, before she had kids, mm-hmm. at which point, obviously... Became a threat. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so let's do posts. Can't remember if that's what we call this segment, but you know that's what I'm going to call it. We got two little bits of posts. Uh, one was just a comment, just about someone who liked Mistborn and read it uh, around the same age I did, or am reading it, I suppose. And yeah, uh, so that's that's good to hear. You know, I mean, we've been. I know these books aren't exactly your classic young adult fiction, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's good. They're, they are young adult, but I mean, they could have. If, if they hadn't been branded as young adult, I mean, no one would have really questioned it. It's just that the protagonist is a young adult. So. Mm, yeah. If it wasn't for that, they could have just been classed as adults. And I mean, I think, to be honest, they're not, I don't think they're necessarily sold as young adult fiction. They're just. No, they were marketed as that. Okay, I, 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 I've, I've you, definitely you find them. You find them in the young adult section of books stores and stuff. Okay. Um, whereas you can find, you know, other Sanderson stuff like uh, his other bigger series in the adult section. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it depends on the bookstore, but um, yeah. Uh, and the other one, uh, so that that was from Dalinar Blackthorn sixteen, which I. Wonder is Dalinar Blackthorn maybe a, a protagonist of something? <laughs> Sounds like a very protagonist name um, from another Cosmere series or something maybe. Uh, and we've got another comment from our regular commenter Retro Rocket Twenty Four. Um, and this one had well, well, not, actually, it's it's funny. <laughs> I kind of uh, almost stole, stole this idea, but they were saying like, who created the prophecies? You know, this is something that's kind of brought up in the chapter as well, but um, I think actually their comment got me thinking about that a bit. Right. Because it is... It is weird, right? Like, (laughs) I I guess, as I said, with with these new magic system, it becomes a little less weird for there to be maybe a third one that's giving people prophecies, but... Hmm. Yeah. Um, Definitely an open mystery. uh, Just to point out, Dalinor is a character from the Stormlight Archive. Oh, okay. Uh, I recognize the name, so I just checked it. Uh, yeah, so that clears up that name. Yeah. Um, they 
also bring up a possible explanation for the whole thing with using scan instead of horses, which is just that uh, horses might cope with the ash not as well as humans, maybe? Yeah, that could be true. Um, you know, like, if, if, if you got a plow in front of them, I guess that would definitely be a, a, an obstacle to horses, although I don't... I don't know. Do human are humans much better in that respect? Maybe, maybe they are. Well, I mean, you could literally employ people to just plow through, in front of the the rows of men. Well, yeah, but you could do that for horses too. Well, yeah, but I guess then you have to have men as well, anyway. So. Yeah, I guess. It might be worth it just having the same people following. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Um. And this isn't. This is kind of abstract, but they they talk about the fact that as they're reading, they're picking up on these things that they missed last time and I, I'm, I bet they are I mean we, we picked up on something just now that we clearly missed yeah <laughs> uh, with regards to the these the keepers and you know I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff it's it's it, it is this is very much a series where you can tell that stuff's been built out in advance and so like the natural consequences of things are showing up in advance of us being told about them uh, which I guess is why people rave so much about the world building it's incredible that Sanderson even has time for world building. In fact, he pumps out like two, three books a year or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, look, I don't, I don't want to. He's a right I mean, machine. In fairness, the world building in this like, it's not maybe that complicated. Like you know. Well, it's not that it's overly complicated. Uh, it's just that. I mean, it's still more than you find in some books. That's definitely true, but that... not not to mention the size of this book and, you know. The fact that, like I said, he, he publishes and writes so fast. Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, but um, I, I don't know if necessarily adding a, a brief world-building stage where he sits down and plans everything out adds to that that much. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, aware of his processes, mm. but... Yeah, at the same time, I mean, I don't know how far ahead he was planning when he came up with the world-building for this, but... It kind of seems like it maybe was pretty far. You know, I mean, for all we know, there's going to be like 20 million magic systems by the fifth book or something, but <laughs> it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if... This, this seems like it's enough to carry a whole series. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and that's that's basically everything we have to cover this episode. Uh, next Mistborn episode will be chapter 23, so read that before then. Um... And we'll see you in two weeks. There might be another episode in between. As, as usual, there might not be. Um, if you want to, contact yeah. us. Uh, yeah, if, if, if you wanted to join in the, the little inbox section, then uh, you can find us on Reddit. We'll be posting this on our Mistborn. We'll also post everything on Twitter, uh, at podyoungadult. Um, you can could, you could always email us directly. Podcastyoungadult at gmail.com is our email address. And... I think a lot of a lot of podcasting apps that we post this on have some kind of feedback function. So if you were to give us a review on iTunes or something, that would be amazing. If, if only because that also helps to to spread the word via algorithm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's everything, I guess. Yep. See you next for time. Listening.